Whiskey Anything, a podcast presented by Mosher Consulting. Join us every Wednesday to find out who from Mosher's more than 200 resident experts we'll be talking to and what they're focused on at the moment. Trends, security, setup. Ask anything, and we'll give you our best answers. Go! Welcome to this week's edition of Ask Anything, presented by Mosher Consulting. I'm your host, Angel Leon, Mosher's HR advisor. And in this week's episode, we will be talking about leadership, more specifically about IT leadership. How does IT leadership differ from leadership in general? How can your business benefit from having good IT leadership? Those are some of the questions that we will be discussing today with our resident leadership expert, Lou Russell. We all know that leadership in general is key for successful organizations to thrive in any environment, let alone during a pandemic. Leadership among technology professionals is different than that of other departments throughout an organization and among other industries. There is, though, a corporate-wide cost to not developing leadership skills for these IT leaders. But before we get into all that, it's time to introduce our guest, Lou Russell. She's currently Mosher Consulting's Managing Practice Director of Learning, and as an executive consultant, speaker, and author, she channels her passion by creating growth in companies through their people. Lou inspires greatness in leadership, projects, emotional intelligence, and teams. She's the author of nine popular books on IT, HR, and project management, including IT Leadership Alchemy, featuring practical, hands-on help. Lou blends her stories with practical techniques so you can easily solve complex problems. In her classes, you will definitely laugh, participate, and be challenged. Most importantly to Lou, you will learn. If you'll allow me, I have five questions that I'd love to ask you to better grasp the topic of IT leadership. I think that our listeners will benefit from hearing your answers immensely and then better understand what IT leadership looks like. Then at the end, we can talk about how they could benefit from Mosher's IT leadership bootcamp. Does that sound good to you? Yeah, that sounds perfect. All right, Lou. First question. How is IT leadership different than other functions leadership? That's a really great question because I think leadership is leadership, right? You're either a leader or you're trying to be a leader or you're just not a leader. But I do think having worked with a lot of IT teams, like in our IT leadership boot camp, there's a little bit of a difference there because in an IT career, you will hit a crossroad eventually and you'll have to pick, do I want to stay in technology or do I want to become a, a leader or a manager or senior manager or even a CIO? Sometimes the people in the class, they're like, oh, I want to be a CIO. But when they find out what it is for real, they're like, mm, maybe I don't want to be a CIO. It's truly more of a financial role than a technical role. And so someone that's been really gifted in technology, that's really a tough path to go. So we want, that's what we kind of talk about in the boot camp. What are your skills? What, is, what are the things that, that make your heart sing? And um, never mind what the rest of the world is telling you what to do. So I take it from what you're telling me. So if I was interested and I'm, and I'm just starting in IT, right? But I want to make sure that I get that leadership from the ground up. So is this something that I would see, you know, not just probably from my learning standpoint, from just being new? but also from others that might come in maybe halfway through a career or even those that are higher up. Right, exactly. And I think the, uh, we, we have that whole spectrum in the class usually. It's people who have just started in IT and also people that have been you know, managers and things along the way. And they, it's interesting because I think they learn a lot from each other. They both have preconceived notions that are not quite true. 
But I think it's most important for the entry level people, the people that have just sort of landed in IT or have been there for a couple of years and help them to think through with other people that have already had some of these thoughts. You know, what, what do I really want to do? What is, you know, what is the thing that I'm really great at? And, and it's, it is, I think it's really sad. A lot of times people just keep doing, especially in IT, they keep doing the promotion you know, with, the, with IT skills. And eventually they're so valuable with their IT skills that it's pretty hard to go into management at that point. You know, I've had a couple of people in the class that were clearly there because their boss made them come. And they were very much fighting it. You know what I mean? Like they weren't being mean or anything like that, but they weren't contributing and they weren't talking to other people. And, and one of the, you know, one of the stupid tricks we always do is you keep mixing them up in teams. So they've met everybody eventually anyway. And you, and you wait and you just wait and you just wait and you keep doing what you do. You know, you keep provoking them and they're, they're peop- the other people will take care of that. And I know of two people, both became zealots at the end about leadership just by everybody just kind of poking at them. And that's, and that's an interesting take or part uh, from them because it's interesting to see that development from coming in first day and kind of not wanting to be there or just not thinking too much about leadership, but then how the program rolls on and how that kind of turns on them because of not just the program itself, but also because of the, to name it, peer pressure from, from their peers right there taking the class. It's way more about the collaboration of the students that are in the class than me. I'm just pushing them at things, you know, do this exercise or do this exercise or whatever. We've had, unfortunately, unfortunately, we've been in Zoom windows for the last year before we were in, you know, face-to-face at tables and moving tables and things like that, which does change things. So this one particular person just always had a frown, like this giant frown on his face. And I kept going and going and going and then ended up that he's like, can I put five people in this class when the next one comes up? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> With that. That's great. So, That's great. Uh, but I've had at least two that were really struggling. Well, that's, and I guess collaboration is a big part of leadership. And you mentioned earlier that the collaboration of all those involved in the classroom pushed those people forward. So I think that's a good lesson to be had, that collaboration ultimately can then turn into something positive. Yeah, I think if you're a leader, at least in my role of training and development, you, you can't get mad, right? You, you, can't, you don't get mad. You stay calm. You state what, like what you would do with, you, you know, as a good parent, you state what you want the behavior to be. And if it isn't, they have the consequences, but I, I don't even have consequences really, you know? Um, yeah. It just, it's very organic. That's very good. Comparing it to parenting. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to question number two, what business benefit occurs when IT practitioners grow into IT leaders? Well, I like the idea of having mentors for the technical staff. So they are learning from other people how to have collaborative relationships with customers. This grows the revenue of a business really quickly. But for some people in IT, it's sort of like they didn't get the memo. It can be really tempting for them to avoid difficult conversations with customers and spend way too much on the code, way too much time, you know, in the thing that I think maybe they love the best, but the customers are going, where are they? So that's, that's a thing. And if you're thinking about entering leadership, you have to remind yourself, stay out of the trenches. 
you know, you're, that's a choice you're making if you want to move up in your career. So it's also good to know those trenches, right, prior to getting into that leadership role, because I understand that one of the benefits of being a good leader is that if you have that prior knowledge of what your people are doing, then it's definitely way better for you to understand what, what they're working on, what they're going to do, and really help them also develop as leaders uh, as well. And have some choices too, right? I mean, that's the thing. There's not just one path. It isn't, I'm on IT, I'm an IT path or I'm on a leadership path. It's just very much more complicated to that. Uh, one of the, one of our staff I've been talking to, or, you know, kind of coaching a little bit, trying to figure out the same thing, you know, should I be going out of IT because I love IT or should I be, you know, what should I be doing here? Because I want to be promoted and I want to be in a, in a leadership situation, but I don't want to lose my technology aspects that I like so much. So it's, it's complicated, I think. It's a, a very difficult personal choice for most people. Right. That is, that is definitely a, a difficult choice because a lot of people still like to roll their sleeves, right, and continue working down in the trenches. Uh, but they also have that dream, that thinking of maybe I could be a good leader, maybe I could help my peers and just develop them as well. So that's a, that's a really interesting take on that. Next question, Luke. What is the cost to a business of not providing leadership training to its IT staff? Oh, that's a good one. I like that. <laughs> the question is, you know, the idea that once IT, you're in a closet and you never come out again, you know, that's just so wrong. So to me, if you have a business, you aren't going to be able to grow companies without leaders. There's no way. And eventually, you can't stay flat forever, right? There, It's going to organically become you know, different levels, whether you like it or not. And we have to remember, and I think this is true with IT leadership, IT people, not everyone, right? But some that are struggling with their career plans. Customers don't want code. They could care less what the code looks like. What they really want is solutions. They want a solution. They don't want drama. They just want, you know, their problem to go away. They don't want to be lectured with technical terms that nobody remembers what they mean. They want to know what's happening in my project and why do I have to keep asking you? Why aren't you telling me that? And then finally, the other thing is if everyone is coding, no one is influencing the customer. So eventually the customer will leave. And even worse, the bad reputation of that business spreads like wildfire. And in, in our area here in Indianapolis area, you know, it doesn't take long for everybody to know who is playing straight and who is not, right? And they'll just go somewhere else. Right. That is a very important point. Just making sure that you have that leadership training for those IT staff, because as we were talking earlier, I mean, maybe they can grow into leadership in some other role as well, um, not just necessarily IT right away, but they can continue helping and developing others and just making sure that the company continues to grow, right? Right. Exactly. All right. So next question, how do new approaches such as agile and design thinking impact leadership programs? Well, I'm really old, so I remember um, <laughs> I remember the waterfall, and the uh, the that was my my take in, in Indiana Bell in those days, right? We were doing basically waterfall programming, and now that's like everyone said, "Oh, you're doing waterfall, like you're doing something absolutely horrendously horrible." It makes me laugh because actually, a lot of the stuff that we're doing is all smushed together. We're taking pieces from things. We're not really there's no there's no uh, golden methodology that everyone is, you know, some people have sort of loyalties, but I think we need to get over ourselves. When I was a programmer, all we had was that, right? But 
this is a linear, it was, you know, it's so funny because even waterfall, it's a linear discussion and it's design plan, manage review, which is probably most people with any kind of intelligence would have set up those phases on their own if they were trying to build something, whether it was code or a house or whatever, right? Those are just pretty normal ways you would get something done. But since then, we've found more that in the real work with customers in the agile space, the iteration is helping a lot. So they get to, instead of only having one chance at the solution, they're getting to iterate with a team, work as a team, not by themselves. And so that's the big thing with Agile right now. I think that's a really awesome way of working if that's the kind of stuff you're working on. There are certainly some places where you should just kind of like finish it and close it up and get it done. You don't need all that iteration. It's, you know, for example, we're building out some compliance training right now. We don't need to do agile with that. We just need to find it and, uh, you know, put cartoon characters in it or whatever. So someone will watch it. (laughs) People learn from trying things out. People learn from each other. That is never going to change. That's the way it's always been. Design thinking is awesome. Agile is awesome. They're both examples of building solutions collaboratively in different ways. So we have more solutions coming in the future. We're working on today and everything is complex and variable and, and linear is, is sort of falling away. But, but it is interesting because it's still there, right? The bottom of it that is still define, plan, manage, and review. It's just like mm-hmm. these people are playing with it this way. These people are playing with it this way. So we call it the methodology wars in the industry and (laughs) it's really dumb. (laughs) So in talking about the methodology wars, what are the biggest differences that you see right now in the new agile and design thinking versus what we used to, you know, do five, 10 years ago? Yeah, that's interesting. So one thing that's happened recently with all of us is we've been working with a, a government account and the government account, the leadership in that, big, it's a big contract, the leadership in that space is all about schedules and dates and timelines. And when will you have this done? And when will you have this done? And the folks that we have programming are agile based. So they're like, we'll be done when we're done. We're iterating, we're doing this, we're doing that, right? So there's a, there's a culture war there. And so they have to come to the middle and figure out, well, what is this going to look like? How can we do both sides? And I think that will always be the case. It's not that you are loyal to a methodology or a process, but it's what will work with the people you have in the situation that you have. That's interesting. It's interesting how we still use the old system, yet we rely so much on the new ones. And then we've got that clash of cultures uh, happening right in front of our eyes. Very interesting. Exactly. So last question, Lou. Why is it true that you cannot teach leadership? Well, only you can only become a leader. You can't, no one else can teach you to be a leader. You have to get, it sort of has to get in your DNA, right? And the people that get into leadership, which they don't like, but they think they're going to make much more money is usually not good. That, I mean, that's an example of the, the bad news of that. I thought that was kind of a mystical question too. That was kind of interesting. <laughs> I think leadership is, a friend of mine used to always say, it's a way of being. And that always used to make me mad. Like, what being? What are you talking about? It just sounds so, you know, so, so something. But everyone's a specific, unique individual, and they all are working with other cool people. And we just have to find our place. I do believe that you can't teach leadership. You have to build your own leadership. A lot of that has to do with really screwing things up. 
So the more mistakes you make, the better a leader you will be. Absolutely. Right. Every day you're going to find out something that you don't know how to. Um, and so, yeah. So I, I always tell everybody about the IT leadership being like a big buffet table that everyone goes in there and finds what they need, but they're not all getting the same thing. Right. And in the conversations that they have with each other, they grow more. So it isn't, it isn't us. We're not doing it. We're just setting up the buffet, basically. Right. I agree with you 100% on everything that you just said. I think leadership in general, I mean, we're leaders in every position that we're in, right? I'm an HR advisor. You're a managing director, uh, practice director for our company. So each and every one of us leads in a certain way. So I think that leadership, I, I don't know that you can teach it. I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that, but I agree with what you say about we can all be leaders in one certain way as long as we're good and we're trying to do what's best for not just for ourselves, but for those involved with us. So that's a, that's a really good statement. Well, it's funny. I just, when I was at the grocery store this morning, they were ringing the bells. You know, there was a lady out front, the Salvation Army ringing the bell, Mm -hmm. taking donations. I'm betting she, you know, she's there because she wants to be there. To me, that's a leader. Right. You know what I mean? She's leading right now. I I agree. Think of herself as that, but that's what she's doing. She's leading. Yep, she is. I absolutely agree. She's a leader for the Salvation Army, definitely looking for those donations. And she does that because she's proud of the organization. So that makes her a leader. So I agree with that. Um, So, Lou, let me ask you a little bit of our our IT leadership boot camp. What can you tell us about it? Well, we usually do two a year. We're going to do three this year, I think, at least maybe four. It's usually IT people, like we said before, in all different, you know, from baby IT people to people that have been there forever. The whole point is, again, to make that buffet table. So we're bringing speakers, speakers coming in like CIOs or people that have retired that have been in the industry for a long time. And they, the students love that, that they can ask those questions from people. And we do a lot of simulations and things like that. We do a lot of profile work. So we get them to see what their competencies are, what their motivators are, and what their disk. So that's part of it too. So we're basically coming at it with a whole bunch of different ways that you can see yourself. It's really what we're trying to do. Interesting, interesting. And if we can find out definitely more information about, about it in our Mojo website, we will be putting the description, uh, the link in the description for this. So people can link on it through the description of this podcast. So that is amazing. Would you like to add anything else? I think I'm good. How about you? Would you like to add anything else? I am good. So we definitely like to thank you for being with us today. This has been a great episode. A lot of insight into IT leadership. I definitely recommend the IT Leadership Bootcamp with Mosier. Uh, Thank you once again, Lou, for being with us. Thank you to the listeners for listening to us today. We hope to see you, or I guess for you to hear us in the next episode of Bozier Asky Anything. Thank you very much. So long, everybody. Thanks, everybody.